Welcome to Who Was She podcast. I am your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She podcast will focus on the stories of women throughout history that were active in the Baha'i faith. This season is about the life of Lydia Zemanoff, a woman who traveled through three continents between World War I and II to teach languages in an effort to bring unity to mankind. Using the biography Lydia by Wendy Heller, learn about who made an impact in Lydia's life and how she impacted others. Her father was the inventor of the language Esperanto, and like the language, Lydia won the hearts of many who encountered her despite numerous skeptics and biases. In order to understand Lydia, you have to know more about her father, Ludwig Zemanoff. Esperanto began because Ludwig witnessed many challenges and he concluded that the language barrier was the most common reason for these challenges. Ludwig Zemanoff was born in 1859 to Marcus and Rosalia Zemanoff. He was the first of nine children and grew up in Bielostok, Lithuania. At the time, the town became a crossroads for people of diverse cultures and nationalities. Families from Russian, Polish, German, and Jewish backgrounds all lived in the same area, but kept to themselves sticking to their own familiar languages and were suspicious of others. Based on the example set in the Old Testament's Tower of Babel and from his own experiences, Ludwig believed the mistrust and confusion among the people were brought upon them because they did not speak the same language and would not learn each other's. Since choosing one existing language would require people to agree that this was the superior language, he decided to create a whole new one that would make it easier for people to communicate and therefore unify. When he was 15 years old, he began creating this new universal language, and over the next several years, he shared with his brother and friends who began to learn it. As he progressed on the new language, his father, Marcus, a professor of linguistics, was worried. A few of his friends expressed concern to Marcus that Ludwig was showing signs of insanity by trying to make a so-called universal language. Father and son butted heads until they reached a compromise. Ludwig would study medicine and postpone his work on creating a new language. In return, Marcus would keep all of his work safely while Ludwig went to Moscow University. When he kept his end of the bargain, Ludwig asked his father for his notebooks, but was heartbroken to hear that Marcus had burned it all. Ludwig would have to work from scratch all over again. The result was a torn relationship between father and son that would take many years to heal. Ludwig moved to Warsaw, Poland, and eventually opened his own ophthalmology practice. In 1887, Ludwig married Clara Zilbernick. Clara's family was very fond of Ludwig and his passion to create a universal language. 
Her father even agreed to use half the money from her dowry to allow Ludwig to publish the first book entirely written in the new language. The 40-page book included translations of poems as well as the vocabulary of 900 words with a Russian translation. Ludwig signed his book with a pseudonym, Dr. Esperanto. Esperanto means he who hopes. The book was a success, and many people started to learn Esperanto. With the continued help and support of his in-laws, Ludwig was able to write another series of books translating the works of Shakespeare and parts of the Old Testament into Esperanto. Ludwig and Clara's family grew with the birth of Adam in 1888 and Sophia in 1889. By 1903, with the popularity of Esperanto on the rise, they were expecting their third child. Count Leo Tolstoy received a copy of the first book and reported that he learned the language, quote, after not more than two hours study. On January 29, 1904, Lydia was born. By 1905, the first International Congress of Esperantists were held in Boulogne-sur-Mer, France. These annual congresses would be a huge part of Lydia's life growing up and would introduce her to other passions and purposes. As the youngest child, Lydia's siblings were considerably older than her and her parents were in their 40s. Both Adam and Sophia followed in their father's footsteps and went to medical school. Lydia was homeschooled until the age of 10 her parents taught her the importance of honesty, and while she had a lot of their attention, they never spoiled her. Clara, her mother, described a six-year-old Lydia as, quote, very able, bright, and hardworking. Though the family lived on Jika Street in the Jewish quarters of Warsaw, the family did not practice Judaism. Therefore, they were regarded with hostility by other Jews and because they were of Jewish background, they were still victims of anti-Semites. Ludwig in particular wrote his wish that there was either no religion or one religion that all people belonged to. He believed that language as well as religion were the great barriers for people to regard each other as friends and family. But during the Esperanto Congresses, Lydia would witness unity for the first time and she observed how much respect and adoration people had for her father. Over the years, there was a growing interest in Esperanto. In an interview with a progressive religious magazine, The Christian Commonwealth, the interviewer asked Dr. Zemanoff his thoughts on how much the language spread and about a new religion, the Baha'i Faith. The Baha'i Faith started in Persia, which is now present-day Iran, in the mid-19th century. Its prophet founder, Baha'u'llah, was exiled to Akka, Palestine, present-day Israel. He wrote principles and laws to allow humanity to progress, including the equality between men and women, elimination of prejudice, and the concept of a universal language. The achievement of one universal language, he affirmed, would be the sign of the coming of age of the human race. 
Bahá'u'lláh died in 1892, and his family was still incarcerated in Akka until the fall of the Ottoman Empire. Now free, Abdu'l-Bahá, son of Bahá'u'lláh, traveled throughout Europe and North America in the 1910s. In February 1913, Abdu'l-Bahá spoke about Esperanto in Paris, which was reported in the Baha'i magazine, Star of the West. He said, in the world of existence, an international auxiliary language is the greatest bond to unite the people. Today, the causes of differences in Europe are the differences of language. We say this man is a German, the other is an Italian. Then we meet an Englishman and then again a Frenchman. Although they belong to the same race, yet language is the greatest barrier between them. Were a universal auxiliary language now in operation, they would all be considered as one. Now praise be to God that Dr. Zemanov has invented the Esperanto language. It has all the potential qualities of becoming the international means of communication. All of us must be grateful and thankful to him for this noble effort for in this way, he has served his fellow men well. He has invented a language which will bestow the greatest benefits on all people. With untiring effort and self-sacrifice on the part of its devotees, it will become universal. Therefore, every one of us must study this language and spread it as far as possible so that day by day, it may receive a broader recognition, be accepted by all nations and governments of the world, and become a part of the curriculum in all the public schools. I hope that the language of all the future international conferences and congresses will become Esperanto, so that all people may acquire only two languages, one their own tongue, and the other the international auxiliary language, then perfect union will be established between the people of the world. Abdu'l-Bahá encouraged Baha'is all over the world to learn Esperanto. The interviewer from Christian Commonwealth asked Semenov his thoughts on Abdu'l-Bahá's recent talk, to which he replied, I feel greatly interested in the Baha'i movement, as it is one of the great world movements, which, like our own, is insisting upon the brotherhood of mankind and is calling on men to understand one another and to learn to love each other. The Baha'is will understand the internal idea of Esperanto better than most people. That idea is on the basis of a neutral language to break down the walls which divide men and accustom them to see in their neighbor a man and a brother. Eventually, Esperanto was taught in Persia and continued to grow in other countries. As the years continued, Ludwig's health declined. On April 14, 1917, Dr. Zemanov peacefully passed away in his home. His family found some of his essays sprawled around his desk. One read, I do not remember exactly in which year of my life I lost my religious faith, but I remember that I reached the highest degree of my unbelief at around the age of 15 or 16. That was also the most tormented period of my life. In my eyes, 
Life lost all meaning and value. All seemed so senseless, useless, aimless, so absurd. I came to feel that perhaps death is not disappearance. Perhaps death is a miracle, that something is guiding us for a high purpose. He never finished that essay. How did Lydia cope with her father's death? What happened to the Esperanto movement? We will find out in the next episode of Who Was She? You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. And please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. The logo was designed by Angela Masaccio. Music was composed and performed by Sam Redd. I am your host, Tara Jabari.